0: mashiach now this is the 10th day of the 22 days of bein hametrim corresponding to the letter yud today i want to speak about the levels of teshuva as brought down by the arizal recorded by rabbi chaim vital just a little information on the Arizal. You can actually check out Rabbi Trugman Shlita on uh, SoundCloud. So Rabbi Trugman is on SoundCloud. If you just do a search on that website, uh, you can pull up his podcast account. And he actually has a whole teaching about the Arizal. It's a small teaching uh, because he was trying to keep it To about 20 to 30 minutes at length. And it's a beautiful teaching. But one of the amazing things we think about the aspect of Gilgalim and uh, what that actually means, the cycling of souls as opposed to reincarnation. And the common, most popular way that we think of reincarnation, it is nothing like that. But one of the things we always think about, or at least I do, I don't want to paint with a broad paintbrush for everybody. But uh, why wasn't this something that was spoken about earlier? You know, why wasn't this a popular uh, teaching that was uh, open uh, for the public and for the masses? Uh, Well, number one, it was something that was actually taught on higher levels of Kabbalistic thought uh, only to a select few students. And mostly uh, the Arizal was taught by Eliyahu Hanavi. And this is not anything new because who else was taught by Eliyahu Hanavi, none other than the Rashbi, aka Rabbi Shmion Bar Yochai, the composer of the Zohar. So one of the things when we think about that is there was this whole aspect of hiddenness, this uh, idea of uh, something that is super super deep Uh, it's not pashat it's not a simple level of interpretation by any means. and when you think about the world of souls remember you we have 600,000 root souls for yisrael corresponding to the 600,000 letters in the torah now remember when you actually get a torah scroll there are not 600,000 letters there's just a little bit over three hundred and five thousand, and I think like one hundred and thirty five. I have it written down, but I don't have it in front of me, so I apologize for that, but j- just over three hundred and five thousand actual words in the torah, and when you think about that in comparison to six hundred thousand that that's just a little over half. So where's the rest of the letters so when you think about that with the souls, you know there's been way more than 600,000 Jews that have ever existed. So what does that even mean? And to understand as well that our whole neshama, our whole soul doesn't even permeate our body. So we have a ray of our actual soul that shines down into this world. And as Rabbi Shavile Pinchas Shlita puts it, these are called nitzotzot, Obviously, he didn't come up with that on his own. He sourced it out. But these are fragments or sparks of your soul. They're called nitzotzot. Basically, like zit-zit. You know, the tassels that we wear on our four corners of our garment. So our soul shines down into our body like that. And basically, there's pieces of our soul um, that have to have different types and different levels of tikkunim of uh repairs and so when you get into the world of soul and the world of gilgulin that's uh some of the things that are going on which are the the pieces of soul that have been left unrectified that actually have to undergo a level of uh repair and rebuilding kind of like the breaching of the walls that we were talking about uh for the 17th of samu's when the walls were breached and the prophets tell us that we're to be we're to we are to be called, repairers of the breach, and rebuilders and forgers of the ancient paths. So this is one of the cool things about the letter mem, and the word Lemarbe as found in the the prophecy of Yeshiyahu Isaiah, and he says upon. The increase of the government shall be upon his shoulders in reference to the Mashiach. And it uses the word Le Marbe for the word for the increase. So the mem of Le Marbe is a closed mem, And closed mems is like it's, it has no, no breach in it. And what's interesting about it is the closed mem is supposed to happen at the end of a word, not in the middle. So it's just one of those things Well, why is the mem closed in the middle of the word? Well, because the breaches are rectified, the souls are repaired in the Mashiach. Mashiach is the totality of all 600,000 souls of Israel. So that obviously makes sense when we uh, look at that aspect of um, repair and no breaches and things like that and the the increase of his government because we think about the more and more we permeate our minds and our consciousness with the mashiach with his words with his teachings which by the way he is the torah made flesh so the the 600 letters that the messiah texts bring down that they're in disarray before rebono shalom the Holy One, blessed is he, the master of the worlds, a.k.a. Hashem, Um, those letters took on the form and likeness of a man. And it's interesting because I was talking to the incredible Talmud a couple of days ago, and he was saying, you know, there's this this fear or this uh, phobia of making a a round peg fit into a square hole when it comes to the hashkafa of Yeshua in the full realm of Judaism. You know, like Mashiach Yeshua that is, Yeshua being Yosef to be particular. And it's just kind of like, well, it's actually not even a circle peg and there's not even a square hole. Because really when we talk about Torah, we're talking about infinite levels of things. And so on one level, Mashiach is just a man, but on another level, he's the soul of creation. We talk about in Genesis chapter one, that the spirit of Hashem hovered over the waters. And depending on whether you're reading Ramban or Rashi, you get that that spirit is the throne of glory. or the spirit of mashiach or the spirit of hashem so it's just kind of like well which one is it and then this is the mystery of the mashiach being wrapped up in hashem so just a little introduction on that and uh why did i need to go into full detail on uh the arizal and uh gilgulim because when we read about this levels of teshuva, I'm reading actually uh, excerpt from Sha'ar a uh, commentary by Shabtai Teher. And this is via Chabad. So uh, beautiful write up on this aspect, but I was speaking about returning the hay to the name of Hashem, and uh, also saying that's reflected in returning the ayin to Yeshua. Because one of the things is that the name of Yeshua, in particular, the Yod, Shin, Vav, Ayin, uh, has been separated. And Ayin is the numerical value of 70. And when you take away the Ayin from Yeshua, you're left with Yeshu, which is actually a term that you can actually translate into English as Jesus. So whether you're calling him Yeshua or Jesus, you're actually pretty close. You're in the same boat, because when you translate uh, Yeshua into Greek, you have to take off the ayin and you have to put on a generic Greek ending, which is where the issue comes from. So and uh, that's also been brought down to say that that is an acronym for May his name be erased. And obviously this echoes the words of Moshe Rabbeinu on C9 before HaKadosh Baruch saying, if you won't forgive these people, then blot my name out, erase me, then Yeshu. So, <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a crazy thing to think about. The, the Mashiach is called by the name of May My Name Be Blotted Out. And that's the very Mashiach who actually is the propitiation for sin, not only for Yisrael, but for the whole entire world. But that's Mashiach Ben Yosef talk. So anyway, returning the hay to Hashem is brought down by Sha'ar HaKyul We're going to start over here. It says it's important to note there are deeper degrees of Teshuvah, which, by the way, teshuva literally is broken up into two words, Teshuv hey, to return the letter hey, which is the the, uh, the phrase or the two words that are being used and commented on to be the source for returning the hey to Hashem. Because it's like, where's the hey going? And in Kabbalistic thought, the hey represents malkut, which is the kingdom, which is the shekinah and creation so you have this whole aspect of return the shekinah hashem it's actually like a prayer teshuva is really a prayer which is interesting because in christianity it's taught that you need to pray for your salvation you need to say these words you need to confess your sins and you need to believe in the the messiah and uh and all these kinds of things when really The essence of everything is, are you even making a way back to Hashem? Have you even turned your face? Have you turned your heart? Have you even filled your consciousness with Hashem? And that's really where you want to be, as opposed to the formalities of everything, because guess what? Formality will come if your heart is there. Formality will come if your heart is there. If you think about the simple example of a man falls in love with a woman, guess what? If he's wanting to live in a kosher manner, he's not just going to fall in love with her and just like take her off somewhere. He's actually going to go through the steps of making sure she becomes his wife appropriately. Should she agree, that is, you can't just go around forcing your will upon people which is another side note in Judaism, we don't force our will upon people. This is where the phrase of we don't proselytize ties in to Judaism, because you may think contrary to popular belief that Judaism doesn't proselytize, but it doesn't mean that we don't, which is kind of a weird way to, or a weird thing to say and a weird way to say it at that, because the way we proselytize in Judaism We are a light to the nations and we're a light that's on the table. It's not under a bushel. We're definitely the city on the hill. And if those words sound familiar, that's probably because you understand the words of Rabbi Yeshua. So continuing on, when we are a light and when we shine this Torah to the world, by the way we live and by the very, essence of who we are that draws that attracts people you know the moth to the flame as they say because no one has to be forced to love Hashem they're either going to or they're going to deny it. (laughs) because every soul that exists in the world that exists in creation came from Hashem so to to say whether or not you love Hashem That's not really the question. The question is, have you have you gotten in touch and connect with the essence of who you really are? Which is kind of the interesting thing about Teshuva is that there are levels and levels of saying, you know, Hashem, how close can I get to you? You know, the closer I get to you, you know, that kind of thing. And you know, we don't play music during the three weeks, but uh, we can definitely sing. And uh, may our hearts be filled with yearning, songs of yearning, that is, for Hakadosh Baruku and the return of Ishtina. So that's what really Teshuva is all about. How close can we get? And remember, that is the way. That is the way that is taught to transgressors. That is the way the truth and the life as Mashiach Yeshua our Rabbi says. So going on, it says that it is important to note there are deeper degrees of Teshuvah that indeed by themselves ascend to Yetzirah and even above to men. Now in Kabbalistic thought there are four worlds corresponding to the four letters and uh, that's another talk for another time. So there's 22 days of podcasting. We're on day 10. So we still got about 11 days. And uh, that also means Tisha Bob is coming up in 11 days. Whoa, snap. Uh, 24 hour fast coming in hot. Okay, literally, because it's summertime and it's going to be a long day. <laughs> Baruch Hashem. But anyway, uh, prepare yourselves. And then after that, tuba uh, Come on. Anyway. So when all that goes on, uh we, we talk about these different worlds. Yadzira is the highest of the worlds, and there's actually one above that. And guess what? That is called the supernal Adam. And I wonder who that is. But anyway, it goes on to say this applies to the following divisions of atonement that require other things with Teshuva to repair. So, the different degrees of teshuva that ascend to Yetzirah and even above, this applies to the following divisions of atonement that require other things with teshuva. So, atonement that requires other things. This is why if you're talking about the Akedat, Yeshua, you can't just bank on that and be like, I'm good. There's other things that go along with the atonement. One of them being, how about your heart? Has it changed? How about your actions? Are you, are you uh, actively fighting against being rebellious? Like, do you really want to stop being rebellious against the word of Hashem, the mitzvot? Do you want to grab onto a mitzvah or do you want to grab onto a sin? You know, those kinds of things. And again, when you're talking to Shuvah, you're talking about how close can I get to Hashem? The only way to get to Hashem is through the mitzvot. Which just because Rebbeinu Mashiach Yeshua, he says this, what does he say? No man comes to the Father except through me. So that gets confused sometimes to think that he's an intermediary. But then you got to go back to, well, who is he? Which, if you ask him, he goes, well, who do you say I am? And then you have to go to Kepha Hushliak for that answer. (laughs) Or, Yokenon Hushliak. Or, go to Thomas Hushliak. I bet he has some words for you. The one who stuck his hand in the piercing. Anyway, so going on, it says, the deeper one digs in his heart to return to God, the greater the velocity and the higher the teshuva will reach. Therefore, nothing stands before teshuva, Yerushalayim, Peah, chapter one. So when you think about what we just read, Yeshua says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments this this is monumental this is like the supercharge uh if you're a fast and furious fan this is the nos the nitrous oxide to your soul this is the rocket boosters on the iron man suit (laughs) anyway uh all those things right so yeah you want to talk about some serious velocity This is what happens in the Mashiach. We have mega velocity that's propelling us and giving us lots of propulsion to be able to return to Hashem. And I always like to bring up the fact that when the Talmudim were in the boat trying to cross over the sea to the other side, they were making their way across and then they see Mashiach walking on the water and then he gets in the boat and then they're immediately at the other side. For those of us who didn't grow up in Torah and Judaism, and now we're here, Baruch Hashem, uh, the difference is being made up. Years and years of our actively trying to find Hashem and seeking Him, Hashem is like, all right, here you go. Here's the deep end. Here's here's the here's the uh, the Deep Space Nine. Here's all the gateways to the different universes. You know, like. All that crazy stuff where you're just kind of like, my mind is absolutely blown. So here we go. Continuing on to Sha'ar Hagil When this person repents, then Malkut returns to its place in the secret of Teshuvah, which is Teshuv Hay. However, regarding the six Sephirot, a void remains among them. And through it, through Malkut, that is, or though it's slika and though Malkut wants to rise and bond with them and cannot and will not be able to until the light of Berea, which represents Bina, comes, which is called Yom Kippur. This is what is meant by his teshuva is suspended and Yom Kippur atones. So one of the things is that when it comes to our making Teshuvah, we, we make all these strides and this effort throughout the year. And then on Yom Kippur is when it's like sealed. Because that's actually Judgment Day. And we, we kind of spend the year, you know, uh, making all the strides and everything that we can do. And then Yom Kippur comes in and it's like, OK, what have you been doing all year? because uh, this is where it gets actualized, so to speak. Not that we don't get forgiven every day and not that we can't repent every day, but Yom Kippur is just kind of the, it's that, that loop in the cycle, if you will, where it's just kind of like, and here is the actualizing of everything that we've been doing for the past year. Kind of like the commentary on the two lambs that I brought down earlier in the series for the Bain Hamed Srim. When I was talking about the two lambs from Pasikta, de Rab Kahana, two schools of thought, they cleanse the sins as many of a year, and uh, they also put our sins out of sight, you know, and remember, though our sins are put out of sight and our sins are forgotten, they can still actually be accessed, you know, um, because the moment that we return to our sins, we're really reopening our case. The moment that we open our mouths and ill speech of our fellow neighbor uh our case gets reopened and it's just like i thought these were forgotten it's like well they were but for some reason you decided to go to the forgotten file and pull it out so here we are and it's just kind of like oh snap you know and it's just kind of like well what are you going to do at that moment you can make teshuva and The cycle continues. And so you have from Yom Kippur to Yom Kippur, as well as every day, uh, day in and day day out, you know, so it's like a cycle within a cycle. It's, uh, It's absolutely just crazy. It's insane. It's just, you know, you can't you can't see it as a one and done thing. Anyway, I feel like I'm ruminating right now. So Shlomo Ben David is definitely rubbing off on me, uh, for sure. So my fellow ruminator shouts out to you. All right. So a day one repents is above time. And so is Yom Kippur above time. Lakute Maharon. Once did some once someone did something and etched it into reality, how can they possibly change it? It must be that the power of teshuva draws from a higher reality. And so the sages teach teshuva preceded the world. Bereshit Rabbah 1.4 Coming from a deeper dimension, it affords the ability to enter the master booth and edit the film of life. This is why no one can be really considered lost until their demise, or until 12 months after their demise, because we know that the soul has 12 months of purification that happens. And this is why the closest family members, AKA the children of parents, and the parents of children who uh, hospice alone pass away, Uh, we say Kaddish for them every day. And that's supposed to help their soul uh, through the purification process. So this is why you have to have a minion uh, when you say Kaddish, because Kaddish, slika, because you're actually piercing a hole, as it were, into the fabric of reality and different dimensions. And you're reaching into the world of soul and you're helping out your deceased loved one. Uh, this is why on the yard site as well, uh, same thing. This is why when we do what is known as the prayer of the Yixor, uh, that prayer that we do on the pilgrimage festivals, um, and we also do it on Yom Kippur, um, that, that's why those prayers are so important, so specific. So going over here to Book of Our Heritage again, same section, same page page 904 in the travel set of volume three where it has er to Alul. we were speaking about the the failure of the generation in the wilderness and how great of a generation they were and how super filled with the knowledge of hashem they were spiritual giants to say the least how they were able to fall from such a level so it goes on to say here Let's see we're going to start. So that they may never say, so that they might never say, we have become immersed in sin and the road to teshuva is therefore blocked before us and we are destined to be lost forever. God taught them and all subsequent generations the path of return to him. So. This is where Hashem teaches about Yeshua. (laughs) So this is pretty interesting. It's crazy. Um, Yeshua is also spelled with a hey. So yod, shin, vav, ayin, hey. As we pray in the Shemoni Esray, there is a whole prayer about the Yeshua of Hashem. And so when you look at the, the salvation prayer and the Shmoneh Esrei, I'm gonna go ahead and take a moment to recite it. See here, open up the, the beautiful Siddur, our prayer book full of Bible verses and uh, prayers of Chazal of the sages. You know, just a few people like Daniel, Zachariah, Haggai, you know, those kinds of people. Mordecai, um, Ezra, Nehemiah, which is Nehemiah. So check this out. I'm going down to the Shemone Esri in the prayer called Yeshua. Let's see here. I went too far. It is right before... The built, no, it's not called Yeshua. Slika Matzmiat Karin Yeshua is right after the Boney or Binyan Yerushalayim, right after the rebuilding of Jerusalem prayer. We talk about the kingdom of the house of David, Malkut Beit David. And it says, "Etz Ma'ak David Avdecha Meheretatzmiaq Bekarno Tarum Bishuateka Kili Shuateka kiVinu Kolayon Barukhatar Aronai Matzmiaq Karein Yeshua." What does that say in English? I'm glad you asked. This is what it says: "The offspring of your servant David." So the Yeshua of Hashem. Is connected to the offspring of David, the son of David, that is. May you speedily cause to flourish, raise his glory through your salvation. For we hope for your salvation all day long. Blessed are you, Adonai, who causes the glory of salvation to flourish. So I distinctly remember the Mashiach praying, glorify your son. Let's see if I can... Pull up that verse real quick. This is the beauty of studying store, Slika. This is the beauty of studying Torah. You have all these um beautiful connections and uh things to connect. See here. Yep. It's in Yokanan, John 17. What does it say? When Yeshua had spoken these things, he lifted up his eyes to Shemayim and said, "Abba, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that your Son may glorify you. The glory of the Ben Hiloheem, the Son of God, is to glorify Hashem. And this again points to the fact that everything that we think about Yeshua is really directed at Hashem, because we're always to fix and focus our eyes upon him, upon Hashem. We don't ever turn our eyes away from Hashem and, and things like that. This is why understanding Yaakov bowing towards the head of the bed, uh, Jacob bowing towards the head of a bed, the bed during his uh, passing, right before his passing, actually. And it was just like it looked like he was bowing to Yosef, but he was actually bowing towards the Shekinah. And uh, this is found in Genesis 49. So, uh, yeah, so you can check that account out. And it says in verse two, this is John chapter 17 again. For you granted him authority over all people so that he might so that he may give eternal life to those you have given him. What do we say in the blessing after studying the Torah? We say, who has implanted eternal life within us. So, the Mashiach says, so that he might give eternal life, a.k.a. that the Mashiach might give eternal life. And it's like, but doesn't Hashem give us eternal life? And it's like, yeah, that's when you got to go to the Talmud and look at the account in Sukkah 52, where it says Hashem asked the Mashiach what would he desire. And the Mashiach looks at the slain Mashiach ben Yosef. And he asked for life and life evermore. And that's a beautiful uh, commentary in Talmud. And so eternal life was found in the Mashiach because it was given to him by Hashem. And here it is in John 17. And what is that eternal life? glad you asked it's in verse 3 chapter 17 verse 3 now this is eternal life that they may know you the only true God and Yeshua Mashiach whom you have sent interesting eternal life is about knowing Hashem and His Torah hmm that's eternal life eternal life is not an ABC salvation prayer it's not going down to the altar once a week, you know, it's not uh, getting baptized. It's, it's the fact that you make your whole life about knowing Hashem, which is directly connected to Teshuvah as we've been talking about before. So anyway, just a beautiful thought there about teaching Yeshua and uh, the path of return. So back to Book of Our Heritage, it says, even if they be spread out to fear, to the, for, to the far corners of the earth, God will bring them back and return them to him. Cross-reference, Nehemiah 1.9. Nehemiah no generation could commit a more serious sin than that generation, than the generation that dwelled in the desert, yet even they were returned by God and transformed into his inheritance. Crazy part about this is And I like to always quote Ish Pe'la Shlomo Ben Hillel Shlita because we talk about the fact that Hashem offered the Torah to the nations and the nations rejected it based off of the sins that they struggled with. And so, when the Torah was offered to Israel, we didn't even ask what was in it. We just okay, yeah, well, whatever you. I mean, we'll do. And we'll hear like whatever you say we'll do, we'll we'll hear like we'll we'll figure it out later. But we're just going to do it, which is, by the way, known as the sowed of Hashem. When we do before we understand, when we go, okay, keep the Shabbat. I don't know what that means, but I guess I guess I'm off on Saturday. I guess I'm not going to do any work, (laughs) you know, and you're like, okay, Shabbat is a little bit more than not going to work. And it's just like, well, that's what I know. And that's what I'm going to do. And when I get the understanding for the rest, then guess what? I'll get the understanding for the rest. And so does that work with every mitzvah? You're going to start eating kosher? Well, you're probably just going to start with what you know isn't kosher. Then you'll figure out about cross-contamination. Then you'll figure out about, you know, and Well, not necessarily in these order. But, I mean, maybe you could go in this order, which is probably crazy. But anyway cross contamination, forbidden fats, separating meat and dairy, you know, all those kinds of things. Uh you'll you'll start getting into those levels, but first you got to understand the the fact of okay, this is not something I can eat, so I won't be eating that. You know? This is how the mitzvah work. You just start with what you what you can do. What can I actively do right now? I'm just going to do it. Boom, did it. I'm off work on Saturdays. It's like, bam, Shomer Shabbos, here I come. You know, and this is the way it works because we do and then we'll understand later. And that's the secret of Hashem. He revealed this to us in Shabbat 88 when we said what was, you know, what we what Hashem says, we will do we will hear. But anyway, um, the point I was getting at was the Torah, as ish was mentioning, it shows you, what's in it like it shows you your 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 deal like what's your what's your struggle what's your thing that you need to to overcome what you need to defeat what you have to battle uh that that which you struggle with the most you know um with ishmael when he was offered it the the nations and the descendants of him they were like yeah no we we like killing people so yeah we ain't gonna do that Uh, was like oh no sexual immorality adultery like come on we love that stuff get out of here you know Uh, Israel yeah we don't know what's in it but whatever it is we'll do well guess what was in there one of the main things one of the top 10 as I like to say don't create idols don't bow to them don't worship them don't have their names on your lips yeah What is the sin that the book of our heritage is talking about? Oh, that one time we told Hashem, we love you so much and we'll be your nation forever. And we're in covenant with you. Put your hooper over us and we're your beloved. and You're our beloved. And we were just like, yeah, Moses is dead. Let's make a golden calf and let's worship it. Bam. Three weeks of mourning. (laughs) This is one of the pre- prerequisites or predecessors of the three weeks was making the golden calf and causing the tablets to get broken. That's 17th of Tammuz stuff. So I love that Yish brought that up because it was just like, what's the one thing the Torah told Israel not to do? And we did it. <laughs> I was just like, wow. And Hashem goes, yeah, that's not the end of the story though. The end of the story is this opens the road to returning to Hashem for every generation. And I'm just like, wow. So, so much for God being unforgiven and having no grace, right? Because that's totally said and, and that's not true. Because... What else is written in the book of our heritage right here? Avodah Zerah 4b. Avoda Zerah 4b. Avodah Zerah. As some people like to say. 4b. Rabbi Yehoshua Ben Levi said. Yisrael made the calf. Only to provide an opening. For those who seek to repent. As the verse Devarim 526, Deuteronomy 5.26 states, would that it were possible that these feelings would remain with them to fear me and observe my mitzvot forever. Rashi explains they were strong and courageous in their fear of God. They were not deserving of having their evil inclination vanquished them. And it would not have been conceivable. Were it not an edict for the king, uh, from the king, an edict issued so as to provide an opening for those who seek to repent. If a sinner says, I will not repent for he will not accept me. He is told, go and learn from the episode of the calf where they denied God, but were accepted by him when they repented. So. Selah, to say the least. And during this time of the three weeks, we have major things that we have all done, major things that are being done currently as we speak. I just learned about there's a hit list of different rabbis that are said to be the Erev Rav of this generation that are leading people astray, so to speak and this is coming out amongst us amongst our mishpacha israel in general and i'm just kind of like i don't even know what i'm hearing right now and this is this is crazy this is still while we're in exile because we're we're throwing blows at each other and it's just kind of like your people are getting uh rejected or accepted based off of their their stance on Halakha and Judaism, you know, whether they're reformed conservative or uh, ultra Orthodox Orthodox, modern Orthodox, Neo Orthodox, um, Israeli Zionist, you know, when it really is, don't we all need to be making our way back to Hashem? And furthermore, the Mashiach tells, us we shall be known by our love and we shall love our neighbor as we love ourselves, which is really loving Hashem so if anyone is thinking that they have love of Hashem but yet are not being known by love they're not loving their fellow you know which means if we were loving our fellow we wouldn't be blasting them we wouldn't have ill and negative words to speak about people we would actually speak life into people and say you know what You're different from me. We believe different things, but we all have an aspect of Torah that really draws us to Hashem and through that particular path and even more doors that open. Because remember, one mitzvah, one commandment leads to another one. So eventually purification is going to happen. And remember, one who wants to purify himself is helped by heaven. And uh, a sinner can't say, well, I, I won't be accepted by God, so therefore I shouldn't repent. And it's just like, well, <laughs> did you hear about the generation in the wilderness that made the golden calf? And it's like, oh. And did you hear about the three weeks of mourning that actually culminated in Tisha B'Av, which is the birthday of the Mashiach? We have an opportunity to bring Mashiach, and we can just leave everything right now leave all this gross, disgusting, terrible exile mentality and return to Hashem. That's what we really need to focus on. And at the end of the day, the chips will fall where they fall. And guess what? There's going to be a new day. So where are the chips going to fall tomorrow? And where are the chips going to fall after tomorrow? The day after tomorrow? And the day after that and the day after that? Because remember, there's levels of teshuva. And the righteous go from strength to strength. And the only way to truly be righteous is to really walk in the path of Hashem. And Hashem covers us. And what are we doing with that? Because that is every day being repaired and tacooned and rectified in all the worlds and in the supernal names. So may it be so for us that we walk in the ways of Hashem. We return the hay to Hashem that we see The coming of Mashiach, the building of the Beit HaMikdash, bim hera v'yameinu. Let's get out of exile. Mashiach now, baruch haba b'shem, madonai.